0: All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Wisdom Collective. I'm Adam Kral, and this week we have Jared Walker on, founder and president of an organization called Dollar Four. How are you doing, Jared? Doing well. Thank you for having me, sir. Yeah, yeah. Jared, uh, we've been friends for I don't even know how many years now, at least a decade. Um, But you've always been someone who um, lots of people right now, especially in our cultural moment, can see and recognize problems. That doesn't take a, a tremendous gift, you know, but you've always been someone who tries to Not just notice problems, but tries to fix them. And you're wildly creative, innovative, entrepreneurial about that. Um, I really, I I genuinely mean this. Your friend, but I've admired that and learned a lot from just watching you. Um, And I'm hoping people can learn a lot from hearing from you. So tell us what is dollar four, and I think we'll get into some of that entrepreneurial and problem-solving spirit as we unpack that. But
1: what's dollar four? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. Um, The yeah, dollar four. We're a we're a small nonprofit. We help, uh, families and individuals in medical crisis. So, um, we are, our, our kind of key thing that we say is when, when a family goes through a, uh, medical crisis, they shouldn't have to face a financial crisis at the same time. Sure. And unfortunately that's, that's just kind of where we're at, where that's what happens. So, um, dollar four is here to help people through, through that. Hopefully, um, take the burden away from the, the financial burden with that.
0: And before we get into how you do that, um, how, how did you start this organization or why did you start it? Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, in two thousand gosh, it was like 2012, I think, um, my wife and I were sitting at home and she gets a phone call, um, and her aunt had passed away from cancer. Uh, and it was, she would battled for years and, um, it was like that. her family's kind of processing that. And about 20 minutes after that phone call, I get a phone call. Um, and my cousin had gone into labor, seven weeks premature, baby needed a heart surgery to live. And, um, there was just a few, a few people that were like the big conversation was, um, gosh, like, how are we going to pay for this? What is this going to cost? You know? And I'm thinking, um, why are we thinking about that? <laughs> like, this isn't, you know, this isn't like um this should not be the focal point. Um, but that's just the reality for so many people. And um I wanted to figure out like wh- where can I volunteer? What can I do to help this problem? Um, and I couldn't find a single organization that was helping people Gosh, yeah. with that, with the financial piece. Like there's a lot of great organizations that um, provide resources to people that are, you know, just diagnosed with cancer, or, or, you know, what whatever it may be. But um, the financial piece just doesn't exist. So yeah. starting dollar four. <laughs> Yeah, and it seems like so many of the things, like you said,
0: there's there's niche um, organizations, especially around large diseases and issues like cancer, and, and and various other like diseases that happen. Right, there be a niche, but so much of what's out there is. Um, on the financial side, especially, um, not so much around the medical side, but on the financial side, it's, it's reactive instead of, and it's reactive to someone already having to declare like bankruptcy or something, right? Like that's considered a solution. That's not a solution at all, right? And so what are you guys doing to help alleviate this medical debt? Like what, uh, you know, you saw the problem and you're trying to approach it and fix it because you're not seeing, at least at the time in 2012, you weren't seeing anything to approach that so what, what, what are you guys doing to relieve this medical debt? How are you figuring this out?
1: Yeah, so I think the, the first thing was was kind of, um, like I, start, I just got online and started, uh, you know, do, doing the little research that I could. And yeah, realizing 65% of bankruptcies in America are because of medical bills. And uh, it was like 78% of these people have insurance. And um, the one that really stuck out to me, it was like 85% of Bankruptcies in America uh, that are caused by medical debt—it's um, on bills that are less than ten thousand dollars. Really, and that was—that is—that's bananas. Okay, so yeah, yeah, and it, I mean, 10, that's, thats exactly you, what I was thinking. You said eighty like, percent or eighty plus? Yeah, eighty-five percent of the bankruptcies that are because of medical debt are are bills that are less than ten ten grand, and I see that all the time. I mean, and and you know maybe medical debt is. One factor of of a reason or whatnot, but um, the problem is is that you know I'm thinking, gosh, if you're declaring bankruptcy, you got to have like a you know two hundred thousand dollar bill or something. But um, you know if you're a single parent and you get a ten thousand dollar bill and you don't have it, like might as well be hundred grand or two hundred grand. So that's kind of um, when I realized that the the amounts were not. You know, absurd. Um, I had this idea of like, well, what if we just got thousands of people to give a, a dollar? <laughs> like, what if we what if we got people on recurring donations every month? They would be able to see a video um, of a family or individual that they helped, and every month their dollar would just go into this pile, and we would, um, you know, help a family out. And it was really just like this kind of crowdfunding model of, you know, reoccurring donations and trying to get young people excited about it. And um, we we did that. So we got a, you know, a few thousand people donating and um, we were able to help families each month make these little videos. And it was just kind of like, I, I wanted it to be this cool, um, you know, 100% of every dollar is going to the family. And we um, we were able to do that. Um, And it it was just kind of like this cool community of people that were helping. And, you know, at the time it was, I mean, it was one family every month. So it's like the impact isn't, you know, mind blowing or something. I mean, it was very, very cool for, for these families. And we would partner with local organizations and they would tell us about families in need and whatnot. Um, And that's how, that's how we started is just, and it was dollar for Portland at the time, because we were just, you know, Portland Metro um, helping families that you know, that, that had these medical bills. So that's, uh, that's how we, that's how we started.
0: Yeah. And so you started this thing in, like you said, Portland, Oregon. Um, and then, um, it's, it's obviously getting beyond those borders with being just dollar four now, um, before we get into, um, how you fundraise, if, you know, cause you're doing this crowdfunding thing and all the rest. Um, I have a couple questions, I guess, around, um, that, but then, um, I want to talk about, at some point, I want to talk about roadblocks or barriers that you've run into, whether it's on the insurance, medical, et cetera, side um, Mm -hmm. uh, with hospitals and all the rest, but were there any roadblocks in just forming up the organization or um, tensions you're running into or, yeah, whether it's perceptions or like legal or forming
1: an organization like this, like what was that? So, gosh, I mean, I'm like, I'm young at this point, I'm still young, but it's like, it's like. I'm what, 20, um, 25, 20. And I'd never, I'd never been in the nonprofit world, never done anything with, uh, I mean, the only type of like volunteer work or anything like that was with local churches. And it, I just was not familiar at all. Um, so I, I just started like, I threw up a website and with a PayPal and just started trying to take money. And it, uh, we threw this event, um, and a bunch of people showed up and like we actually had like news stations calling and saying hey like we'll we'll cover this and at the event we i, I was getting these questions like oh, okay like are you a 501c3 who's on your board like how you know and i'm i'm totally clueless i didn't know what a 501c3 was i didn't and then i kind of figured out okay i need to take a step back and figure this out because I just had no idea what I was doing. Um, So that was the the first one, and then you know I called like an attorney's office and just said, "Hey, like, can you help me with my 501c3 filing?" They're like, "Yeah, that'll be eight thousand dollars." So that was the first roadblock, (laughs) and uh, so I just kind of was thinking, "Well, there goes that." Like I'm, you know, I'm not doing that. And uh, I found a small like uh, clinic that helps nonprofits become nonprofits. It's like uh, they have law students that help fill out paperwork, they get experience, you get your 501c3, um, win-win. So that happened. Um, my whole, another roadblock was just the 100% model, which is a terrible model. Um, it's very, very, <laughs> it's super cool for like the donor and um, and that is a very cool thing to be able to say. But um, whole-
0: I've heard people describe about that though, is that then it handcuffs let's say you as the leader or the president, like you may not be able to do as good of a job if you're leveraging 100% of the money away or you're going to have to be chasing
1: fundraising dollars for your own salary, you know what I mean? Is that something you're hearing? And that, well, yeah, and it was very much like um, 100% of the public donation goes to these families. So if you sign up for a recurring donation, 100 pennies of, of that dollar or whatever is going to these families. But we then have to find corporate sponsors, private donors, people that will say hey like I will support this organization which isn't as sexy as giving the money to the family. So it's harder okay. to find um donors, but at the same time people really really respect that we you know aren't aren't taking 50% of every donation for operations. So it's it's kind of this it's it's tough and I think that every organization deals with that, you know, how are we going to fundraise? How are we going to um, make this thing go? Um, but anyways, that, that was a, that was a hurdle. Um, and I mean, there's a million of them, but those were the two, at, at, like at Big the ones. start trying to figure out how the heck did we give hundred um, percent? I called every merchant processing company that I could and they all basically laughed at me and said like, no one will ever do this without a fee. Um, and I found a local company that donates merchant processing fees. So <laughs> I was able to actually say like a hundred pennies of, of this goes wow. to the family. Um,
0: yeah, that does seem impossible. Yeah. You you'd think you'd have to do some sort of like dollar and 23 cents, like four, you know, get it and make up your processing. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of organizations will say, Oh, Hey, you know, I want to uh, help us by covering the cost of the, the merchant processing fees or whatnot. And we, mm-hmm. we were blessed enough to find a um, wow. company that really loved what we were doing and, and donates it, so. That's awesome.
0: Great, dude. Well, we'll get into some hurdles about hospitals and medical bill processing and, and, and all of that and the hoops that are there. Um, but before we get there, how, so you, you've said you were going to do this crowdfunding sort of fundraiser model, um, which is kind of cool because uh, generationally speaking, um, ours, which is a lot of what your audience and your people are, um, but it's not only that, obviously. Anyway, this millennial before and after generation is fascinated and interested in philanthropy and, and, and different versions and iterations of social justice and all sorts of things. But it's if I remember this right. It, I think it's the lowest generation and so many like let's say like the two past us as far as like the dollars they actually donate. Is that right? Or do you, Have you heard about that? Is there, no. am I wrong about that?
1: yeah the, on, at the beginning our, one of our missions was like or one of like what i wanted to do is i was looking at all these charities and i'm looking at you know golf tournaments and charity galas and i'm like i don't i don't want anything to do with that kind of fundraising model um what could i do to to i want to make a a nonprofit or charity that i would be excited about so um it a big part of it was trying to get young people involved and um That was a challenge um because yeah you know I I think that and these numbers might have changed but yeah it was like we we gave less than other other generations or whatnot and um trying to figure out that piece like well how do you engage younger people um you know it's not with galas and our you know auction and golf tournaments it's just a different model so I don't know if that answers your question, but
0: no, it does. So you, so you, you tried to nuance it and get creative there too. So you're trying to problem solve for this. So you do this dollar for kind of uh recurring donation um, subscription kind of style service, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's how you start fundraising. Um, but then um, you're obviously trying to forgive the debt and you're trying to connect people up to the family that that debt was forgiven. Um Anyway, so is there anything there? Is that
1: all that you're doing still, or has that changed, or what are you doing? Uh, so we, we, kinda, we started out doing this, you know, get, get a bunch of people, sign up for small recurring donations. We did a lot of, like, collaborations with small businesses and just really tried to engage the community. Um, and then after a while, we're, you know, we're paying off these medical bills, and it's really cool. Um, and then I realized, like, I can stretch these dollars a little bit by negotiating with the hospitals trying to sure. drive these, um, these bills down because you, you can do that. And I, again, I just didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. So I start calling the hospitals and, you know, bothering them and saying, Hey, like, would you take this amount? Would you take this amount? And we were able to significantly reduce medical bills just by, just by doing that, you know, Hey, if we pay this in full, will you take 30% off or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a cool a cool piece. Uh, and then even further after that, I had ran into an attorney, um, that was saying, Hey, like you, there's a way that you could do this. that I think that, um, that I think nobody really knows about, and, and it would be really impactful because I had accidentally gotten a family's medical bills just waived by the hospital and it was like this weird like how the heck did this work they got like this letter that was like hey you you know whatever are you, you finding know, out from the family or <laughs> like, yeah yeah like yeah. I, they were like oh wait. well yeah well, i was talking to the the hospital and was just saying hey well, you know will, will you reduce it they can't pay and she was like oh air, well, i'll send you this packet and fill it out and may, you know maybe we'll uh we'll help out with these bills and i'm thinking oh, okay sure so we fill out the packet send it back and their medical bills were waived and I'm, I'm, it was just like, to me, it was like a fluke. I didn't really, you know, I didn't really know what happened. So I run into this attorney and uh, he's like, no, like there's actually laws um, that help families that are within a certain income range." So basically when the affordable care act passed the uh, there are charity care laws. So if you are a nonprofit hospital, which I think like 65% of all hospitals in America are nonprofit, Okay. Um, and all the ones around here, so OHSU, Legacy, Providence, Kaiser, Peace Health, like they're all nonprofit hospitals. Um, they have to have charity care laws, which means uh, that they have to have a policy that says, hey, if you are within this certain income range, we will write off the medical bills as charity. Um, no one knows that this exists. Yeah,
0: I well, so... Why is? I mean, I don't, I'm not asking you to like um, read people's <laughs> minds or be a, a moral judge, but I, I, the fact that you're saying you're naming off all the hospitals, you are like I know all these hospitals. I don't even know that they're nonprofits, let alone that there's this like really cool
1: I don't know really cool thing that it could be happening a lot more. Um, what's going on there? So I think that um, one the the I think that the hospitals like the the bill passed in what 2000. 2011 or 2012, something like that. It, it was a while mm-hmm. back, and hospitals were supposed to kind of implement these, I believe, by like 2016. Um, and they're really there's there's like guidelines there on on what they should be doing, but it, there's a lot of gray area. And then there's also like that's a federal law, so you know if you're a nonprofit hospital in in the states, you have to have a financial assistance policy. Mm-hmm. Well, what that policy is is can be determined by the hospital how generous are they going to be um and then also there are state laws like washington state okay has um in and, and the the state laws would only reinforce and make these laws more generous if anything so um in washington state they've had something that passed in like 1989 um called the charity care act and washington state's been doing this for decades. Um, so. There, there's a lot more that, like, well, here, I'll, I'll reel it back. So basically, if you're, if you're a nonprofit hospital, you have this policy that says, hey, we will, um, up to 300% of the federal poverty guideline, we will forgive 100% of your medical bills. Okay. And, um, if, you know, it might be like a sliding scale from there, and up to, you know, 400% of the federal poverty guidelines will forgive, you know, 65% or, or whatever. But basically, you fill out this application, you send in your proof of income, um, the hospital is gonna make you jump through a lot of hoops, but at the end of the day, um, if you qualify, you'll get an award letter that says, hey, you have a zero balance, and you've been approved for financial assistance. Or some crazy prorated discount, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we started that um, in January 2019, we, we launched a program called Debt Forgiveness, where we advocate for families, fill out the paperwork, uh, a family can type in their their household income, their household size, and what hospital holds the debt. And we will tell them immediately what they qualify for. Um, we will fill out the paperwork and advocate for the families. We even have uh, attorneys who will advocate pro bono if needed. Um, and we've erased over two and a half million dollars in medical bills for people since January, 2019. Um, Dang. Yeah, what's that, do you have the numbers?
0: What's the comparison between what you were doing well, are you, you're still doing the crowdfunding model
1: as well with this, right? Yeah, so we, we've got two programs, you know, like, we and now it's, I mean, at, at the beginning, we're helping one family a month. And we're, yeah. you know, exactly now we're helping, I mean, we're helping every month what we would, more than what we would help in an entire year with the other programs. So, like, we're, um, And now it's like, we're not paying medical bills anymore. We're, we're writing off, we're getting those medical bills written off. And then if a family has a really big medical crisis, um, we'll buy them grocery cards. We'll, you know, get them gas cards so they can get to and from the hospital. We'll anything from paying the electric bill or or whatever. So we give these small grants using the crowdfunding model. We give these small grants out to families to help um, with, with other emergency needs during a medical crisis. And then, any medical bills. We just, you know, cause we're held like at the beginning in dollar forward, it's like we're, we're helping low income families, you know? Mm-hmm. So all of the families that we had been helping in the past and paying these medical bills, if we would have known about this, we could have just gotten all those medical bills forgiven. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right.
0: So yeah, those, I was those wondering, were, do you have the numbers of like what a, what a typical year would be like in say 2017 or whatever, you know, when a lot of these things are in place, but, you're doing this compared to let's two and a half million of just 2019 or whatever or 2020. Yeah, so
1: in, in, when we, uh, so we started 2015 officially um, in 2016, I think we, I think we raised like 60,000, 50, 60,000. Um, Which is still amazing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 gave that out, you know, in, in, you know, four, four or $5,000 uh, chunks to, to families. And, but now it's, I mean, Like I got, you know, $47,000 of medical debt forgiven yesterday. So it's, it's like, and and in the month of June, we, we were able to get like $415,000 and, you know, so it's just, I mean, it's not even close. Like Mm -hmm. we're just able to have such a bigger impact. And now, instead of saying, oh, we give a hundred percent, we're, I mean, we're turning every dollar into $20 $20 of medical debt relief. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly right.
0: And you're alleviating some of those. <coughs> like you mentioned, someone might only have $9,000 of medical debt and they're declaring bankruptcy because they have any number of other fa- contributing factors in their life. And you're alleviating some of those other factors now, too. Um, yeah. And and it's, I mean,
1: it's, it's wild the amount of uh, just that like trickle down um, fr- from medical bills that you the number one reason, like I've talked to a lot of property uh, managers and, and uh, some other entrepreneurs that have said um, the number one reason people get denied for housing is because they have, you know, dings on their credit or, or whatever. And what are those dings from? Like from medical bills. So yeah. if you can, I mean, there's just so many ways that it solves so many problems. Um, if you look at uh, there's so many crazy stats that you're just like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's like 48% of Americans, uh, if they were hit with a surprise $500 medical bill, like they wouldn't be able to pay it. And, and it, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, a $500 medical bill, that's like, that's nothing, you know, <laughs> yeah, much larger bills than that. So anyways, um, that's kind of how dollar four you know, we started doing this in Oregon, uh, then, you know, kind of went into Washington and now it's like, well, gosh, I can, I've relieved bills in in New York, Florida, Colorado, California. I mean, all over. So it's like this can this can happen anywhere. We've been expanding, adding states to the website as as fast as we can. Um, Especially
0: because you're working underneath, uh, like you said, a state level enforcement, but a national level level measure and, and or you know uh, rule. Yep. So it's like you're yeah, you really can take this beyond the border of Oregon,
1: right? Yeah, and so yeah, we we've we've got medical bills written off in a lot of states trying to add to those. Um, but it's hard. I mean, you're adding these hot every hospital has a different policy, um, trying to add and code that into the website so that um, you know, people can find their hospital and find what they're what they're eligible for um, has been a challenge. So we're we're trying to figure that out just from like a technology standpoint. Um
0: But uh, yeah, I want to ask you about um, tensions that you run into then on the donation side, whether it's perception or your own convictions or whatever. Um, But before we do that, let's plug um, here and we will at the end as well. But let's plug like how in the world you mentioned, like you're coding this stuff into the website. How do people do this? They can donate at one level in the subscription way to you, um, but they can also um, find out for themselves, friends, family, somehow to get this debt relieved or at least alleviated, you
1: know, um, so, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: So uh, if, yeah, if, if you have medical bills or, you know, someone that has medical bills from a hospital um, like this, you know, it doesn't work at the eye doctor or something, but if you, if yeah. you have medical bills from a hospital, um, you go to dollar4.org, there's a debt forgiveness tab, uh, click on that and just type in your, you know, household income, household size, and what hospital will tell you if, if we can help. Um, and then from there, there's a, a longer application that they get sent. And, uh, that is how you, that's how you do it. And there's a lot of like, so many people think, Oh, there's no way I qualify. Like, you know, I, I was denied for food stamps or I was denied for state health insurance or so that, you know, I don't qualify for this, but it takes two seconds. To see if you qualify mm-hmm. the, the Hospitals policy are more generous than you would think. Um, and yeah, as far as like, as a, from a support side, sign up for a monthly donation like that's how we roll like it, it, you know if we get enough people to sign up for 5 bucks 10 bucks a month um we can do a lot with that so uh yeah especially cuz you can you can spread that stack that up in a way where you you can make $5 more than
0: 5 bucks yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean $5 a month is relieving $100 of medical debt every month so yeah. um yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and if people do this Yeah, like you said, on the one hand, there's, people will probably be surprised by what hospitals can and will um, completely relieve or partially relieve, but also that form on your website, if I remember right, it is that easy, it's three questions, and then you get a response right away, like, you probably wouldn't
1: qualify, or you probably would, and then here's your next steps, right? Yeah, and it's, I think that, and not to, like, nerd out on it, but just to give people a little perspective on it, like, if so in Oregon if you if you're trying to get qualified for OHP uh, so Oregon health Oregon health plan, you have to be at hundred and thirty eight percent of the federal poverty guidelines so that is um, low income you, you know that is that if you qualify for that um, you, that means that as a single um, hundred and So if you make $17,000 or, or less, you qualify for OHP. Mm-hmm. Well, the hospital, Legacy, Providence, Kaiser, um, OHSU, they will go up to 300% of the federal poverty guideline. Okay. So um, if you're a single, um, 300% of the federal poverty guidelines is $37,000. So you can make quite a bit more money and still qualify for um, for a debt forgiveness or financial assistance through the hospital. And um, that is the, a huge misconception. People just think like, I don't qualify, I make too much money. Um, but these policies can be very generous. Um, so anyways.
0: No, that's awesome. Thanks for Well, and that clears up a lot. And um, yeah, yeah, there's just a ton of surprises in there. Um, like you said, some of it's nerding out on the numbers. But yeah, um, I, I think it's important to nerd out on the numbers because this is for me, and I'm assuming most anyone listening or watching, it's a pretty foreign concept, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, I have no idea about it until you talked about it. So,
1: yeah. Well, then that's a huge. I mean, it's a huge problem that. So if you get a hospital bill, um, there'll be small print on the bottom that says, "Hey, if you have trouble paying your bill, you know, call this number." And uh, what I have found, and what a lot of the families we work with find, is if you call that number, they'll tell you about their payment plans and how you can get on, you know, payment plans and whatnot. And it, cause you know, at the end of the day, like they're, they're trying to collect and yeah. um, And that, you know, that's fine. But if you, if you know what you're doing and you can advocate for yourself or you have an organization like dollar four to say, Hey, like, get you qualified for that because I know like a family tells me how much money they make. I know immediately what they qualify for at what, at what hospital. Um, But if you think about the amount of people that fall under this income requirement, there are so many people that would not be hit as hard with these medical bills because they would not have these medical bills from hospitals. And then you think like it goes further beyond that because when you get approved for financial assistance, you get approved for six months or usually six months, which means if you Go to the hospital again within those six months, you're covered a hundred percent, and it's not like it runs out if it, after six months, you just apply again. like mm-hmm. the hospital just wants to know your your financial status, and if that changes like you know let's say you double your income or whatnot they want they want to know, but they're going to cover you for for six months, and that means um, let's say that you have a surgery coming up, you know you have a surgery that you know is going to cost you know fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You can apply for financial assistance before you even go to the doctor, get approved. And then when you go in, you know you're not gonna see a bill. So like there's a preventative care type thing on that To Yeah. And it's, there's just so many aspects that it kind of shows like, if this were to be implemented correctly, our healthcare system is just, it's just better than people think, or at least it could be, it could, could be, be better for sure. if, yeah. um, if this was implemented correctly unfortunately no one knows about it and it's it's not
0: implemented but dude and it seems like this might be a complicated thing to say so hopefully i get it out there clearly but it seems like they have like a a short game long game problem or like a trade that they're making there or a type one type two error problem where the short-term game would be all right we're just going to when someone calls this number we're just going to tell them about oh payment plans and all these other things and like and you know the risk is if we're too public or too proactive or too helpful with this forgiveness thing that might hurt and at the end of the day they're an organization they need a bottom line you know they need to make money in some respects but that might hurt our bottom line um, but it seems like that's a short-term approach because the long-term approach is they're going to have to turn into essentially like loan sharks chasing down payments from you know what I mean from people that are delinquents or whatever on their bills and so i, I mean Yeah, it seems like even though there's some risk, you might not make as much money, quote unquote, on the front end, if you're more public with this stuff, you wouldn't have to be, like I said, chasing down people that aren't paying their bills or whatever, um, or only paying, yeah, a marginal amount of it. And you're having to spend the man hours, effort, energy to like, figure that out, negotiate that, document it, find the person. It just seems like such a mess, you know, Um, comparatively to this a long, a long-term plan would be something like just being more public about it. And yeah, you might lose some quote unquote on the front end, but big picture. It's good. It's good for society. It's just the right thing to do. But beyond that, um, I feel like it would still help them on their bottom line. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, there's a, um, a tremendous amount of resources that go into collecting debt (laughs) like that. And, and, uh, anyway i mean that yeah there's a there's so many like discussions that could that could be had about about this but you know the bottom line is this program exists um use it uh tell people about it um and and even you know people think well you know what if i'm in collections it's like we can even get those bills taken out of collections like if a hospital sends you into collections um technically in oregon they're not supposed to send you to credit credit reporting agencies but um just as easily as they put you in collections they can take you out and and forgive the medical debt the only um the only time that it's kind of too far gone is once a judgment has been made so you know the collection agency you know, the the hospital bill starts at the hospital and then they will, you know, give it to a collection agency. That collection agency after, you know, several years might sell it to a a secondary collections uh, company and they might sue you. And then a judge can say, hey, you know, you you owe this debt and you can start garnishing wages or whatnot. At that point, it's hard (laughs) to get the medical debt. But again, like, you know, that that could be four, five years down the road or even longer. I mean, I just it was somebody that contacted us a couple of months ago. She had a bill that was eight years old and we got it written off. So it's like, mm-hmm. it, it just, I mean, every situation is different, but. Um, this is good. Well, and, and I do, we'll, we'll make
0: sure there'll be plenty of like links and everything in the show notes for people to to go directly to your organization and everything else. Um, but I do want to ask, I don't know if this will be the last question, but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, What kind of tensions do you run into whether it's personally or like outside critique Um, and maybe they're good pushbacks or maybe they're not good pushbacks. What kind of pushbacks do you run into about um, this type of work because there is, um, there are principles that exist about enabling someone and and sometimes when we try to help we actually hurt and all these different like principles that exist as stereotypes in some respects because partially they're true, right? So what kind of things do you run into with that, whether it's um, do you have stereotypes attached to your organization uh, or do you run into critiques and how do you navigate that? And
1: yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say. Dollar for. We haven't had. (laughs) How do I answer this i I don't think dollar four as an organization hasn't received a bunch of critique of like, oh, like you know you're enabling or or whatnot there are like sometimes they'll get some some Facebook trolls or something that will say like, <laughs> you know hey, why don't you just get a job and pay your own debt kind of thing um which yeah. I don't think that that's really like a critique. I think it's just someone that doesn't understand like what this can do to a yeah to a family or individual um plus Um, we are working with local organizations that we trust and the families that we get. Like we're we're not, you know, we just started advertising this um, through Facebook and stuff like from the start of this until just a couple months ago. I mean, it's all been word of mouth. It's all been um, working with other organizations and whatnot. So um, I think that where the critiques come from is a place of just like not understanding how this works. So one one thing is people say like, well, you know, you're going to put these hospitals out of business or something, um, sure. which again is just not possible. <laughs> like um, the hospitals are going to
0: be just fine. Um, and they're having to, I assume, at least budget for this because it's a ruling that they knew about For a very long time and that they've progressively implemented. So
1: it's they're budgeting to relieve money. If does that make does that make sense? It's it's one of those things where uh you know people think people think that these these hospitals have uh you know in their budget they say, okay, well we can, you know, we can forgive like there's a cap. Uh we can forgive ten million dollars, um, and then you know, after that, you know, it that that pool kind of runs out. That's not how it works. Um, Mm -hmm. there is no cap. I mean, last year. Legacy Health wrote off forty-eight million dollars in medical debt. Um, it should be more. It should be more. It should be a lot more. Um, their revenue was several billion. Uh, they're they're going to be just fine. Um, yeah. And the the um, charity care isn't going to break break the bank. And then the other the other misconception is, um, you know, well somebody has to pay these someone is paying these bills. So if we get these medical bills written off, the hospital has to take money out of their foundation to pay it. And it's like, that's not, that is not true. Nobody is like taking this bill on themselves and saying, okay, you know, like they're, they're approved for charity care. I'll cover this one. Like that, that it it is written off. It is a tax benefit to them. Like it is, uh, it's not like we have, you know, the foundation is covering. So um, I think that the critiques come from, from that of people just like not really And it's complicated, man. Like this, yeah, some of that's got to be well-intended. It's not, it's not all to say.
0: In, in, and yeah, yeah. there's a common form of ignorance, not, uh, not a, a moral version of
1: it, but there's just, they don't know, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And, and people, w- when you tell people about this, oh, I think, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you get someone that has a $40,000 medical bill and you say, oh, I think that I can actually get, get this wiped away um people think it's fake it's like what are you talking about like how on earth so it's like nobody knows about it and nobody knows even if they were to you know really dig into it they could find out you know how it works and whatnot but the hospital billing system and and i mean these these are like complicated things where if someone says oh you know um you're taking away from the foundation or or whatever like yeah. It's complicated, so I get it. I get why people, you know, w- would, would assume something else um, because it does. It does sound too good to be true. But, um, the in order for these hospitals to be nonprofits, which is very, very beneficial to them, <laughs> like <laughs> these hospitals want to be nonprofits. I mean, so beneficial that a hospital can write off $50 million in medical bills and it still come out to be like, well, it's better to be a nonprofit. You know what I mean? So if, um, in order for them to have that status, they have to have these policies and it's worth it for them. So, um, you know, it might sound crazy. It might sound too good to be true or fake, but we, we, we crush medical bills.
0: (laughs) I love it. Yeah, you do. So what, uh, we'll kind of wrap up with this idea, but, um, I mean, I don't know how long we'll spend on this idea, but what can organizations like you
1: and what you're up to, what can this do for healthcare in general? Uh, I mean, one, I think that, um, the amount of people that are, oh gosh, the system could be so much better. Um, I mean, think about that. If you're a fam, if, if you're a single most hospitals in, in the Northwest will go up to 300%. I mean, that means that you are covered. You essentially have the best healthcare insurance for nothing if you're up to 300% of the federal poverty guidelines. So um, that that means that the low-income families don't need to stress about their medical bills. It should be, it's covered (laughs) and people just don't know about, I mean, most of the families we help are about to declare bankruptcy on a medical bill that they legally don't have to pay. Like if you think about how absurd that is, it's just like so many people have declared bankruptcy medical bills that they didn't even have to pay it happens every day i mean i talk to people every day that are like oh well this is my second go around i've already done this before i already declared bankruptcy five years ago and now i you know the cancer came back and i got these other bills and it's like you didn't have to declare bankruptcy then you don't have to do it now and it's like i mean so gosh what what could it do for healthcare i mean one so many more people and again like. When I say covered, like, I don't mean that they, you know, it's not like they, this isn't health insurance, but at the same time, like people that are paying high deductible, um, health insurance policies they're, they you know, they're paying, you know, let's say 120 bucks a month for, you know, crappy insurance, um, that means that if they get in some crazy accident they won't have to pay, you know, the $40,000 medical bill that they're they're covered under extreme circumstances but like if they're within the income line they're covered anyways. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the hospital is going to relieve that debt. So you think about all the people that um that fall under this. It's a lot of people. It's it's actually a lot of the middle class and all of, you know, the the lower class like they they're all qualified. <laughs> so it can do It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, If it was properly implemented, our healthcare system is not as bad as it seems. I I don't really know what other to say other than um, the system is actually on paper, It, it actually, works a lot better it's just that um nobody's read the damn paper <laughs> you know like so people are paying medical bills they don't have to pay i mean
0: Gosh. well that that is that's that's a funny way of putting it but man that is that is so insanely sad when you think about everything that comes with bankruptcy and everything that comes with all these impacts of like future living situations and then you start doing the snowball of like okay now decisions that people are gonna have to make with their life or how they make money or how they uh, live or whatever they do it's Uh, to think that so much of that could be rooted in an an error um, and not an error of their own doing, but an error in just communication uh, from people that could and should know better. There's some of that that's bordering on frustrating, but um, it's just sad, you know?
1: Uh, Uh, And so, yeah. It's infuriating when you're dealing with it, you know, trying to get, um, people need an advocate. Like when when we talk to families afterwards, um, once we get their medical bills written off, like, yeah the debt the debt is very important that they were able to get it relieved but they're just so the feedback is always like just having somebody in my corner that knew what they were doing mm-hmm. is everything and that's like it's an education issue it's an awareness issue people just people don't know and then that's the other thing too is it's like if you're a low income family and you you know that you qualify for this and you have an emergency you would know what hospital to go to Yeah. 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 Like you, you could think ahead of, you know, and say, Hey, like, well, this, this hospital has a better policy than this hospital. Like I'm going to go here, you know what? I mean, there's a lot of different ways that this can, um, that it can be used, but I mean, essentially it's just like, people just need to know about it and dollar four needs to do a better, you know, job of getting people aware of it, getting people qualified. And, um, you know, once you get a, a big medical bill written off, like, That person's gonna go tell their friends that have medical bills. Like like I said, you know, it's all been word of mouth thus far. And um it's a big deal when you get, you know, when you don't have to pay a forty thousand dollar (laughs) bill. So Oh
0: yeah, it's it's literally life changing. It could be. And uh dude, um yeah, I'll say this. It's really neat to see um you as a person, like I said, you you have had this sort of um adaptable and sort of resilient spirit about you that you, you you do see problems but you also are willing to ask and be honest like if you can't solve them but also ask like how could I try and solve that so that's cool for you as an individual but that's bled over into your organization that's been cool to see you've you started this sort of subscription based thing that that adapted and morphed still has that but it's it's reapplied that and now you have this whole thing where you're you're essentially stretching you went from 100% of your donation goes to these people to essentially like Hundred two hundred and fifty 250% of your donation is going to these people. Somehow you're expanding it. And it's so cool. I'm, I say it to say, I'm excited to see, um, what holds in the future because you're working within, I mean, you started more or less alongside the Affordable Care Act, you know, at the same time. And, and I remember when it started, I was like, Jared, this sounds like a really cool organization, but I think the Affordable Care Act is already going to take care of it. But then <laughs> the, uh, That was wrong. (laughs) And and, uh, in in part, because like you said, there's a lot of this stuff is on paper, but no one's reading it. So um, you're helping people do that. I'm excited to see the similar types of adaptation and resiliency you can add as our health system continues to grow and change um, how you can adapt and yeah, be a a help to people that need it for sure.
1: Yeah. Dollar Four is one of those organizations that, I mean, it's tiny, but um... We can do a lot with a little, um, and I mean, we could be writing off, I mean, it sounds insane, but we literally could be writing off hundreds of millions of dollars in medical bills uh, if we just had the awareness piece. Because again, like, you know, when you talk affordable care Act, the only headline on that was, you know, pre-existing conditions, like you, you can't be denied for pre-existing conditions, and nobody talked about charity care it's a big, it's a big freaking deal. So huge. I mean, I'm learning so much. Yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, this is cool. Okay. So, um, let's, let's make sure, um, before we close off here, how can people, are there ways people should follow you, your organization or whatever?
1: Um. yeah, yeah. So, uh, dollar four, um, Instagram at dollar four, uh, same on Facebook. Um, we're dollar four.org. Um, go check us out. You can see family videos, families we've helped, um, stories, you know, people, medical debt that has been relieved. Um, if you are, you know, compelled, give sign up uh, for a small monthly donation or a large monthly donation (laughs) and, uh, you know, follow along. I mean, it's, it's been fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would encourage people. I have, and I promise Jared, even when I'm not doing it on the interwebs, I've encouraged people to, um, to definitely consider signing up, but especially to consider just knowing that you exist because um, you're one of those organizations that, um, and this is part of the reason I think with the uh, the confusion around the healthcare stuff we're talking about, um, f- for the most part, people don't deal with healthcare until they have like an immense need, right? And when you're not dealing, your organization isn't dealing with annual checkups and things like that. You're dealing with immense needs. And for a lot of people, those are occasional. They're not, um, every year, let's say, or whatever. And so, yeah, you may not need to know about it today or tomorrow, but you should know about it at some point because whether crisis hits you or your family or whatever, um, you're going to want to share us this kind of information. And it's been so cool. You guys have been doing what you're doing and you're a shareable organization. So keep up the good work, man. And uh, I appreciate it. I'll make sure I keep telling people, but I hope people check out your website too. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll catch you later.